Welcome to the English Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Oliver. Today I'm going to read chapter six of my intermediate graded reader, Brian British. Uh, by the way, you can read Brian British for free on the Wattpad app. That's W-A-T-T-P-A-D dot com. Uh, download that app and you can read it for free. So here we go, chapter six. Chapter six, Brighton. Thursday, 15th of July. Brian stood at the front of the class. At the back of the room sat John Kern, typing notes on his computer. Brian stared at the laptop. For two days, he had tried and failed to get hold of it. Time was running out. Mr. British, a voice called from the front of the class. It was Pablo, a student from Spain. We don't know what to do. Brian looked at him. Pablo was sat at a table with two other students, Takashi from Japan and Nock from Thailand. On the table, they had three pencil cases, five pens, three phones, a cup of coffee from school cafe, and three textbooks. Brian walked up to the table. Pablo, he said, I want you, Takeshi, and, to and Nock to talk about the things on the table. Say where everything is. Pablo looked at the table and then at Brian. I don't understand. Brian looked around the class. Nobody was talking in English. Why didn't anyone ever understand his instructions? Then an idea came. It hit him like a cold fish across the face. It was perfect. He looked at John Kern at the back of the classroom. The teacher trainer had a look on his face that said, this teacher cannot give instructions. Brian turned to Pablo. Just a moment, he said, and walked over to John Kern. Mr. Kern, said Brian, I need your laptop. John Kern raised an eyebrow in question. Just four minutes, said Brian. John Kern opened his mouth to speak. But before he could say a word, Brian took the laptop, said thanks, and walked to the front of the class. He put the computer on the teacher's desk. On its screen was a Word document with some comments about the lesson he was teaching. He saw the words instructions and bad. OK, everyone, said Brian. Stop what you are doing and look at me. He put his hand into his pocket and pulled out his Nokia 215, the cheapest mobile phone in the country. He placed it on the desk next to the laptop. Then, in a loud, clear voice, he said, Listen and repeat. The phone is next to the computer. The students looked at him. Nobody said anything. The phone is next to the computer, he said again, louder this time. Again, nobody spoke. Please repeat the sentence, he said. The phone is next to the computer, said half of the class. Brian shook his head. The phone is next to the computer. He spoke the words is and the more loudly. Brian had learned this technique last week. Jane Kern called it a drill. This time when the students said the sentence, most of them said it correctly. Brian smiled. Well done, he said, lowering his finger onto the laptop's touchpad and minimizing the Word document. He saw a folder called My Documents and clicked on it. A list of John Kern's files came onto the screen. There was a clue in there somewhere. He knew. He just needed more time. He pointed to Pablo's table and said, The phone is next to the computer. This time, only the students on that table repeated the sentence. As they spoke, Brian dropped his eyes and read the files on the left of the screen. He found nothing there. He pointed to the next table and again his eyes went down. No clue. The third table spoke and Brian looked. Still, no clue. He shook his head. Where was it? When he looked up this time, he saw that John Kern was getting up out of his chair. 
he didn't look happy. Oh no, thought Brian, he knows. His heart began to race. Brian had one table left. He pointed to it and as the sentence came out of the student's mouth, he read the files on the right of the screen. What was this? A file saved on Monday night, the night Brian was in their hotel room. He read its name, T.R.'s house plan. This is it, he thought. This was the clue. Brian looked up and found John Kern standing in front of him. Brian smiled and said to his students, Warden, everybody. Now I want you to do the same with your partner. Brian pressed the touchpad with his finger, closing the My Documents folder. He picked up the computer and gave it to John Kern. Thank you, he said. That really helped. You're welcome, said John Kern. His mouth was smiling, but not his eyes. His eyes had suspicion in them. Brian said nothing, and John Kern turned and walked back to his seat. The students were all now doing the activity, moving their things around and talking about them. Brian sat down. His heart was going like a train engine. At last, he had a clue. T.R.'s house plan. He was sure that this was the house the shadow thieves were going to rob, and that T.R. were the owner's initials. However, he needed more than initials. He needed a name. That night, Brian searched the internet for rich and famous people living in Brighton. He found a footballer called Tom Beckstar, a pop singer called T Tabba the Lion, a race car driver called Richard Tompkins, and an actress called Rebecca Wright, but he found nobody with a first name starting with T and a family name starting with R. He turned off the computer. It was 10 o'clock. Tomorrow night the shadow thieves were going to strike again, and Brian had no idea whose house they were going to rob. Tomorrow was Brian's last chance to catch them. The morning after, they were flying to their next job, somewhere far from England. This, there was only one thing to do. What can I get you? asked the barman. Brian was in the sailor's arms, a charming old pub near his hotel. Half a pint of orange juice and half a pint of lemonade, please, he said. This was Brian's favourite pub drink. He never drank alcohol. The barman looked at Brian. He was a handsome man with a big grey moustache. You look like you need something stronger, he said. Brian smiled and said, I'll have two pickled eggs and a packet of salt and vinegar crisps too. The barman gave Brian the crisps and the eggs. Brian put one of the vinegar-soaked eggs into his mouth. It was delicious. The barman poured orange juice and lemonade into a tall, ice-filled glass and gave it to Brian. Brian took a long drink. It was sweet and cold and good. Ah, he said. Hard day, asked the barman. Brian nodded. And tomorrow's going to be harder. Work, asked the barman. Kind of, said Brian. I'm doing a teaching course here. You don't look like a teacher, said the barman. Thank you, said Brian. Where in London are you from, asked the barman. Brian laughed. Is my accent that strong? I know a Londoner when I hear one, said the barman. I'm from Tottenham, said Brian. How about you? I'm from Brighton, said the barman. I've lived here all my life. You're lucky. Brian liked Brighton. It was a cool town with nice shops, art cafes and a clean pebble beach. It rained less than in London. Also, the local people were friendlier. When they walked down the street, they said good morning and good, off good afternoon and often knew each other's names. That gave Brian an idea. He looked at the barman and said, Do you know anyone in town with the initials TR? Someone famous like a footballer or a singer or a rich businessman? The barman scratched his moustache. Let me think. Brian put a handful of crisps into his mouth and chewed. The barman's eyes lit up. Thomas Robertson, he said. 
Brian swallowed. Thomas Robertson? Who's he? A local businessman, said the barman. A gambler. He bets on everything. Horse racing, football, cricket. He's a big name in Brighton because when he wins a lot of money, he gives half of it to charities in town. Brian's heart began to dance. What does he do with the other half of the money, he asked. He buys jewels, said the barman. Diamonds, sapphires, rubies. The bigger the better. He has a safe full of them. John picked up the second egg and put it in his mouth. When he finished chewing, he looked at the barman and asked, Do you know where he lives? The barman smiled. Everybody knows where Thomas Robertson lives. Thirty minutes later, Brian was standing in front of Thomas Robertson's house. The gambler's home was next to the beach, not far from the old Brighton Hotel. Brian put a mint in his mouth and with watchful, detective's eyes, looked at Thomas Robertson's home. He had, it had three floors and a roof garden. A window on the top floor was open and had light coming from inside of it. Thomas Robson's bedroom, he thought. He looked at the roof garden. Hundreds of flowers swayed from side to side in the gentle sea breeze. They were surrounded by lights. It was beautiful. But inside the house there was something more beautiful. Jewels. And tomorrow night the shadow thieves were going to try to steal them. But this time somebody was going to stop them. And that somebody was called Brian British. At half past eleven, the light in the bedroom window went off. Thirty minutes later, the roof lights went off. Brian nodded his head. He had the last piece of information he needed. The shadow thieves were going to rob this place between midnight and sunrise. There was one thing left to do. Slowly, he walked towards the house and rang the doorbell. Okay, so that's the end of chapter six. As I said, you can read Brian British for free on their free e-reading app, Wattpad. Just download it and type in Brian British. Thank you for listening. Bye.